You're watching Stockwatch with me, Zanati Guma, and joining me to unpack your stock-related questions tonight are Rikas Rieders from PSG Holding One Reimsich and Sanelisi Wetofila from All Weather Capital. Be sure to send those questions via SMS to 41392, email at stockwatch at bdtv.co.za or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag Stockwatch. Thank you so much for your time, gents. Um, I actually wanted to start off with uh, the sentiment in the markets today, or at least the last two days. Um, Rikas, could the signal, because we, we saw a big rally in, in November, and of course that was expected to continue in December, but could we maybe uh, be seeing a slower um, rally or a or more cool down rally in December that, that, than maybe what markets had anticipated at this point because we are seeing a quite a, a quite a pause in that rally uh, this week. I think so. Um, I don't think there's any um, bad news waiting in the wings that's going to see us um, retrace the November rally, but certainly we are having a pause. We are um, working off the gains that we saw, not only in South Africa, but also in global markets. Um, and by global markets, I mean any market except for the Chinese, because um, Chinese markets are not looking very healthy, even after um, the um, global rally. But as far as we are, we are concerned, the Americans, the um, Europeans, so I think it's a bit of a pause, a bit of a pullback. Um, well, I, I do expect later in December or even going into January, the um, upwards momentum that we saw starting in November to continue. Yeah. I'm wondering also, suddenly, see where what the specific gripe with the resources is <coughs> today. Is it growth concerns? Um, I remember reading an article uh, earlier on where uh, someone was saying that the, they're scared that <coughs> the, you know, the, the restrictive monetary policy in the U.S., um, could be doing a lot of damage to the economy and that there is a risk that the Fed might actually um, make a mistake in terms of policy where they, they may be cut too late or they, they don't cut. Yeah. So do, are there growth concerns right now that are affecting the commodities or is it other concerns? Yeah, I suppose there's, there is always going to be that um, when you've come from a <coughs> restrictive sort of monetary policy period um you know the, the the comments around are we going to have a hard landing or soft landing i mean no one really knows uh you know depending on who you ask you know the forecasts are you know sometime in the second half of 2024 is when you're going to see that first sort of rate cuts certainly from the fed and maybe from other central banks um as well so those concerns are floating around and obviously <clears throat> what happens with the u.s economy what happens to the dollar is always going to have an impact on what happens to um, commodity prices, and that will obviously feed to uh, what happens to the underlying commodity-related shares. So I think, I mean, you've got a mixture of that going on. You mentioned, obviously, the rally in um, in, in November, which people might be taking some profits if, if they made any. Um, you know, it's, it's we're three days into the month, so it's not panic stations yet. But uh, I think maybe you know guys are taking profits and and, and stuff like that. But uh, um, yeah, going into the going into the year at end as well, I think 
you know, locally, you got, you also got a few, um, uh, you know, risks rearing their heads again. You know, GDP growth was lower than expected yeah. today. Load shedding is higher than expected as of sort of a week or so ago. So we've still got a, a lot of those going on. So there's always just uh, a lot of uh, news swirling around, just moving markets, you know. Mm, all right. We'll talk about uh, commodities. Yeah. Uh, there is a question on uh, South 32. Is South 32 seen to be a decent long-term investment or would Anglo or BHP be viewed as better? Rikas? Well, neither of those are long-term investments. They're commodity shares and by definition they um, should be traded in and out because long-term um, resource stocks don't really go anywhere. So if you're looking for um, if you're positive on commodities going forwards over the next 12 months, and I'm sort of neutral to slightly positive. What's holding commodity prices back at the moment is China and doubt about their economic growth path. But if you are positive, then South 32 can have an amazing turnaround. But it is coupled with um, extreme volatility. And also, if you're wrong, you know, it's halved in price, it can halve again. So it would be a very risky bet to go into South of it too. If you are positive and fairly sane about commodities going forward, then I would rather be in a diversified national player like BHP, but it's not good. Yeah, quite interesting what Rickers is saying there that um, uh, commodities are not really for long term. Uh, would you agree with that or disagree, Sunnily Siwe? Or would they, or maybe would there be a, a cut-off time, maybe three, five years, where you need to kind of uh, define what long term is for you? Yeah, I mean, I think generally uh, in, in my universe, commodities don't fall under the quality bucket. So I would, I'd be looking for 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 long term. Uh, you know, investments are looking for quality names, you know, good cash flow generation, consistent returns and the likes. And I don't think the resources kind of fit that bucket. I think without any kind of catalyst for these guys, so, you know, like Lucas is mentioning, 20 years or 25 years of China mm. development has been a catalyst for these guys. Um, obviously, there's other places in the world that might need development, like, say, India, Indonesia, or whichever place you're looking at. That might be the next catalyst, but also that's that might be short-lived. So they, they aren't, you know, the best long-term names if you're, if you're not an active market participant. Um, but if you are active, you you know how to kind of look for certain markets and certain stocks, then you, you can trade them. And perhaps South Italy too is in a place now where it, it looks attractive relative to, say, an Anglo or a BHP. Mm-hmm. But the Anglo... And BHP, in a relative sense, will probably be the better quality names and sort of the more well-known names. But right. yeah, they, they, they don't feel like long-term shares. <laughs> ah, all right. Um, well, there's an interesting one here on Glencore. Uh, could you explain the planned unbundling of the coal assets of Glencore? Um, are they looking to do what Anglo did with Tungela? And if so, why buy the coal assets from tech in the first place? Heaven knows what's going on in Glencore's head office. I mean, they 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 differ so much from other mining houses because they're they're more traders than miners. If I keep I can put it that way. Um, I really can't comment as to why they would separate list coal assets, but buying coal assets because I obviously think nobody else wants. Um, and 
again, just bringing a bit of sanity into into the room. We're not going to get rid of using coal for a long time, despite the negative sentiments. So maybe they see an opportunity then. As I've said, from a trader's perspective, they would be trying to buy, um, you know, that kind of asset at a cheap price. It's not the mining that interests them. It's it's the selling of whatever commodity they own, whether it be the mine itself, you know, as in, in other words, their ultimate purpose is in trading what they mine, not necessarily being a miner, if that makes sense. Yeah. Isn't there um, some sort of special characteristics of the coal that tech has, steel-making coal, that maybe uh, Glencore feels like it would add value to its coal offerings, San Lisiwe? Uh, I must say I'm not uh, particularly close enough to us to 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 uh, to make that comment, but yeah. um, I also believe that uh, you know Glencoe were um, you know interested in some of the other products within tech as well. You know maybe the unbundling is is kind of part of the strategy to to, to buy tech and take some of the other products in, and then sort of get rid of the coal and everything else. So I think maybe that's why they've gone this route. Yeah, Rick, as you were nodding there, how much value do you think that this could add? I have no idea. I haven't looked at the numbers, but yeah. as Rita said, that's that's precisely that. You know, yeah. and it fits that trading perspective. If I can get my hands on a lot of number of assets and I can trade out or trade in what what I find attractive um, from Glencore's perspective, it's precisely the kind of deal that they. Ah, all right. Um, let's talk about gold. Um, can the panel please comment on buying into gold shares whilst the world is quite a messy place in uh, the last four years? Uh, it might be good to have a safe haven such as gold shares. Um, yeah, let's actually start with, with the, the first part of that question. Uh, suddenly, see, well, would this be a good time to get into gold shares as a safe haven asset while we're experiencing all these headwinds, including geopolitical tensions? I mean, it almost feels to me like you know, gold shares might have had a bit of their time in the sun a bit at this point. I mean, you know, they they've rightly so as a safe haven asset held up during this period of uncertainty around growth, geopolitics, and, and everything else you've mentioned. But uh, you know, as a as a market participant, you must be uh, forward looking. And uh, from where I'm sitting now, I, I don't know necessarily that gold has any much more upside from here. Mm. So the gold shares have kind of done their job as safe haven assets if you look at what they've done over the past sort of year and a half or so. <clears throat> so if you're kind of taking a point to whether or not you want to invest um, in, in gold shares at this point, um, I would say this is probably a, a, a point in time for me to probably hold steady and not add, perhaps not cut your gold if you've mm-hmm. got any. For me personally, I wouldn't... Um, I wouldn't be adding to gold shares at this point in time. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you uh, do want to have gold in your portfolio, Rikus, um, second part of that question, what would be the best option? So you can just comment on investing in gold shares, but also the best option, um, and they've, the viewers got APSA New Gold, the ETF, or gold fields, or a smaller player such as Pan-African Resources. <coughs> Okay, uh, again, not investing in gold or, or gold shares, but trading in gold and gold shares okay. is the first point. Yeah. Um, so I think the easy money has been made is in gold shares, but um, I agree, I, I certainly won't be 
telling them, and for the pure reason that, that I take a look at the graphs specifically of South African gold miners, and they look okay. Um, mm. And again, going out from that point, the um, the best of the bunch as far as African um, gold mining shares are concerned is Harmony. So, so that would be my preferred entry, or at least if I'm already in, I would certainly stay with it. Yeah, all right. You know, and, and, and just talking about gold itself, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a world where yields are dropping, the opportunity cost of gold is diminishing, and um, gold's just hit a new high yesterday. I like things that, that hit new highs because um, you know, um, it shows you that the trend is up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's actually get to Brait. Um, the Brait share price slowly sinking to nowhere. Is it worth keeping the share? Um, let's actually start with that because, the, yeah, the second part of that question is when is payday with Premier's return and the listing of Virgin? What can we expect? Is Brait's nav real or is there a future in Brait to wait for? So seeing that the investor is quite frustrated with where the share price is going and quite a lot of things that the markets are waiting to happen there. Uh, Sandy Siwe, let's start off with you. Is it worth keeping at this point? So, I mean, I've, I've always been on the sidelines when it comes to the share, but obviously kind of uh, hearing you know, other investors yeah. or traders, if I can put that. Yeah. Uh, looking at this, but it, it feels it feels a bit binary for me. Um, obviously, there's been a few restructuring attempts. There's been a few attempts at listing Premier, and now I guess Virgin is is the biggest part of the NAV as we speak. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I, I'm not sure what the kind of economics of uh, of Virgin look like now, and and where the trends and sort of um, you, you know active. Oh, people's activity is going, which feels as though there's all sorts of um, competitive uh, activities out there, like, you know, the paddles and wh whatever else. Personally, I've, I've started playing golf if that's uh, of any interest to anyone. And yeah. I've stopped going to gym, so I, I don't know if that uh, means that other people have done the same. So it, it, it becomes a bit... Um, precarious for me and a bit uh, a bit too binary as, as a bit of, as a punt maybe but as an investment case I, I can't make a strong one for Brent. Yeah there, there does seem to be a, a lot of uncertainty here because um, even with Virgin Active uh, Brent came out to say that they're considering this unbundling and, and separate listing of Virgin Active and then Ethos comes out to say that actually Virgin Active isn't ready to list and I think also there's some debt that needs to be paid but also just looking at the economics of Virgin uh, still some pressures I think they're only doing really well in Italy um yeah Rikas what do you think about Brait but also when's payday for Premier and also what do you think of possible listing of Virgin um okay um let's start with um Premier I think uh what they've been listed now for how long a year six months yeah um but all sectors is looking okay. I mean, I mean, if you take a look at AVI and even um, roads to it, obviously you've got bad apples in the form of you know, you know, not not all of them. But I, but I think um, as a defensive sector, even considering the problems they have with their cost of production, that whole sector looks looks fairly okay. And I include Premier with that. So. So if I've got that, I'll hold it. Hmm. As far as the rest of Grace concerned, as you said, Virgin Active, um, really I don't see any value there. Um, the price going down tells you the market also does. 
like the story behind that. And I don't know whether listening is going to have any effect on on um, on what vision does for a business. So um, really, there's there's far better opportunity than sitting with an obvious loser. Well, talking about considerations of unbundlings and separate listings, Transaction Capital says that they are looking at unbundling and uh, listing we buy cars. Uh, there's a question here. Uh, the For Transaction Capital, the stock increased by 12% at one stage today as the volume was also 6 million shares. They announced their results today and they were bad. Can they move forward the next year and put all the bad debts behind them and make good profits? Is this a buy? Of course, also that 12% increase needs to be put into context because that share has been uh, pummeled by the market. Um, Sunli Sewe, do you think the results were uh, that bad? Um, yeah, let's actually start off with that. Uh, I mean, so the results were somewhat guided from a trading statement yes. about a week or so ago, sometime last week, I should say. Um, for me, they were incrementally negative. Obviously, they've taken an additional write-down on some SA taxi stock. Uh, you know, they've done a bit of a strategic tweak, if I can call it that, around selling um, or no longer selling new new taxis yeah. and, and focusing on the used taxi market. Um, I think the market has been very tough since COVID. Um, the recovery of the underlying operators has not come through as what they would have expected and then obviously now being hit with higher interest rates and higher fuel and lower kind of consumer incomes and and um also lower kind of uh riding rates or you know the kind of the filling of the taxes and the likes so it's been a, a little bit of a tough year for them mm. uh bright spots are that you know we buy cars has slightly improved in the second half and they talked about the fact that you know coming into post-period trading looks like it's also maintain momentum and their Newton business continues to be relatively robust. So you have got two businesses that are, you know, conceivably, you know, still calling concerns. But the major issue here is still the SA taxi and what they can do to um you know to appease the funders to in order to make sure that yeah. that the business remains a going concern. And it looks as though the can has been kicked down the road to March twenty twenty four. So that brings a bit of uncertainty for me. Um, and they do mention, though, that there is no rights issue risk. But, I mean, that still remains to be seen if they can't get, uh, you know, the SA taxi funders off the line. So, yeah. I mean, I've said a lot of stuff there, but I think that what that kind of shows that it's still, still a bit of a mess. It's a big mess. And, um, you know, the share price, uh, it reacted positively today, probably because of the comments around the rights issue and yeah. not having to need one. And probably the unbundling of rebuy cars as a potential um avenue for them to unlock some value yeah. but other than that it's still a big road or big slug ahead for them i think yeah still yeah. lots of loose ends to tie there of course suddenly we're speaking about them getting confidence from uh their funders um so the next part of that question is can they move forward the next year and put all the bad debts behind them and make good profits i spoke to the ceo earlier on and he actually said that they've given <clears> themselves <throat> a three-year window would you be buying the stock, um, Rikus, considering that a lot of the bad news has already been uh, priced in and now we're looking to the next th three years? 
I don't think so. I, th I still think it's more of a trading mm. um, opportunity. Uh, I don't know whether the bad news is priced in. It's known. Okay. But you don't know. <laughs> you don't know um, what's going to happen with their debt. Will listing rebuy cars? Will they be able to get enough money to leave some of that? Um, are they going to try and flog SO taxi? Who's going to buy it? PAC probably. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, we know all the problems. We just don't know how it's going to be solved yet, which makes for uncertainty, which makes for great trading opportunities, but not for investment, at least not for me. Okay, I hear you on that. Um, there's a question, 91 or Coronation or PSG Financial Services for 2024? Hmm. <laughs> Um, look, there's merits for, for each of those. I think 91 got good diversity, um, you know, nice geographical footprint, very good operators, very good marketing machine. That's always good for an asset manager. So, you know, there's there's a there's a good case we made for that. I think correlation has been beating, beaten up because of tax case that's uh, pending. Um, I think a lot of that has been priced in already. They've taken the pain up front, and I think the earnings going forward will... Um, Will reflect more correctly what the what the business is worth. Um, the, the caveat there is that they they operated in an SA market that's bleeding flows for obvious reasons, but I think it's still good value there. And I think uh, PSG, you know, another business that's a great kind of operation, good cash flows, um, uh, market consolidated consolidated to some extent. So there's merits to be to be had for all those businesses. I think they're all very good businesses, if you ask me. Hmm. All right. There are two questions on Sasol. So, Rikas, I'm giving you that. Um, just what is happening at Sasol? Why is it uh, downtrending right now? Uh, yeah. Sasol at this point. I actually uh, haven't seen I think it, those share price movements. Yes? It, it, yeah, it's, it's just dropped sort of below a... Um, the 210, 200 level, and I see further downside to about 185 rand. That's just a technical picture. I think the social share price is a combination of what's happening with oil. Mm. Um, oil has come down. Um, again, China, there's uh, concern about future demand from um, from China itself. And then social, um, apart from that, is... Is in a difficult environment as far as their chemical business is concerned, specifically Europe, which remains the concern in Germany and the chemicals market in general, which has got to do with world global growth. So there's nothing really um, going for them at the moment except for possibly a weaker rand. But um, again, if you then want to be in a chemical stroke oil, oil player, there are... I think far better positioned and also far better um, companies balance sheet wise globally than Sassel. So um, not very positive on, on Sassel in the short to medium term, but in the right kind of conditions, Sassel can give you a very good return if all those factors that I've just mentioned, which is blowing against them, turn around and they get the wind in their stars and um, yeah, um, so I wouldn't be totally out of it. All right. Well, uh, something that you are fully going into uh, today, your stock picks, San Lisewe, what will it be? Um, I think I'll, I'll 
think one that I've done before in the past, but I think it's still quite positive one, which is data check. I think a couple of months ago they announced a, a, a very clean set of results, nice um, sort of a return to growth. They fixed their LATAM business and they're trading at a big discount to other ICT sort of related businesses globally, their peers. So I think there's, there's decent upside in there. And obviously management own a big stake in the company, so there's good um, incentive for them to do the right things. So I think, you know, Dodge Tech is a nice, nice pick for the next year or so. Ah, all right. Rikas, what are you picking today? Also on a pick today this year, Alpha Tech, um, just fundamentally growing earnings consistently at 15%, sitting on a 15P, so you get what you pay for, but um, price momentum still going up. They've just broken to a new high. That trend looks intact. And hopefully we can see, you know, just technically another 15 to 20% increase in that price in the short to medium term. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your analysis today, gents. Really appreciate it. That is all for Stockwatch this evening. Thanks to our guests, Rikas Riedis from PSG Hall in One Reimsig and Sanelisiwe Dofile from All Weather Capital. Coming up next, the close. Stay with us.